Parry Talks, welcome back. Um, sorry for doubling outfits, I did two in one day, so don't give me shit for that. Um, you don't have to speak too closer to it, it's pretty chill. Alright, yeah. Sick, yeah, got the GOAT 24 karat Kev on. I can, I hate using this word, but Sydney's Oz Hip Hop influencer. It's oh, such a shit yeah, word to fuck, use, but yeah. if you take everything good about what an influencer is <laughs> and actually put yeah. good inklings behind it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a bit of a dirty word, but I'll take it. It's I get free shit sometimes. So that's <laughs> all right. Yeah, I guess I'm an influencer. Yeah, Free steez. That's what it is. That's it. Um, we don't do this for any other reason than free shit. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> fuck financial benefit. We need free teas. Mm, yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Three pillars. Manager triple one. Editor Phil Design, mm. presenter on MTV, a freelance writer as well. Yeah, I would say that's yeah, that that's that's probably the three main things that I'm doing right now. Yeah, that's probably correct. <laughs> that's yeah. probably you'd hope so. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. How do you like? Obviously, especially on our side of the music industry, people dip their toes everywhere. Yeah. How do you manage three projects like that, time-wise or effort-wise as well? Yeah, it, it's a weird one. I mean, I've talked to a lot of people about this. It's, it's kind of like. You, you know, especially when you're not working a standard nine to five, it, it's it's like some days you'll be working 12 hours and then some days you work zero hours. And then like when we were on tour in the UK and Europe, I was working, you know, 24 seven for like three weeks. So it's just like, it's, it's really hard. There's no, you know, nine to five. There's no set time that you're supposed to be spending on this. It just depends on how much you love it and how much, how much is going on in each of those projects at any given time. Um, the MTV stuff, I, I usually do it like, you know, I'm on camera for 20 minutes once a week you know and, and that's that's pretty sweet but like you know always throughout the week people are sending me clips and I'm always looking for new music and it kind of blurs the line between kind of you know just fun and business you know what I mean especially in music if you love it it's kind of like before I worked in music I would spend hours just on YouTube looking at videos you know what yeah, I mean exactly. and now I do that and that's kind of work yeah and then you'll go to a, you know you go to a gig or you go to a club night and then you're just like drinking and having fun but that's also kind of like networking so like it's really hard to gauge what is actually work and what is actually fun yeah um and but you know there's no set thing but you know like after we came back from Europe like you know because our tour was so hectic with triple one you know I found myself like even now like having like you know maybe one or one and a half days where I'm just like not doing anything and you, mm. you kind of freak out because yeah because you, yeah, yeah, you never on. know how much you're supposed to yeah. be doing you know and in, at my age you know a lot of my mates are getting married they're having kids and, and shit like that and then it's kind of like you can't help but compare yourself but you just got to realize that they're on a different path yeah they're on a different life route to you and there's no correct or wrong way to live life it's just that like especially in music and stuff it's like some things take a bit longer and mm. and, and you know you you, you probably can't really settle down with someone as easily as someone who has a nine to five, but, but yeah, no, it's, it's, it's all like, you know, it comes in peaks and peaks and troughs. Peaks and troughs. Yeah. You know, some days, some months you'll be working nonstop and, and some months you have a bit of time off. And then when you have a bit of time off, you start freaking out. Yeah. But yeah, it's just about learning to kind of pace yourself and, and, and kind of know when to rest, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think that one of the things that I've mainly struggled with is when you conflate your passion with the job, Mm. When it gets a lot and when it gets too much, you sort of lose way into it. Exactly. That's what I felt as well. Like, yeah. That's my main thing. That's like, happened to me a lot. Yeah, yeah. How do you how do you manage like motivation levels, especially in like um, when you are in that rut of a f- period where it's like this is fucking just too much. I, I think you just always know. Like, like for example, like I used to work a full time journalism job, and just keeping up with the news cycle was just so arduous for yeah. me. It was kind of like. I felt like we were competing with all these huge news outlets and everyone was posting the same stuff and everyone wanted to get on stuff first and rah, rah, rah. 
and, and it just kind of got so tiring pumping out like you know six to six articles a day you know what i mean and it's just kind of like after doing it for like you know five or six years you're kind of like it just kind of weathers you so now with like filter what we've done is we've kind of pulled out of that race we, we're not really saying we want to do news like we don't we don't do news at all yeah, no. you know what i mean like we do kind of you know three or four pieces a week and and every piece you know is, is someone that we love and, and you know we really put thought and effort into it into like you know imagery and aesthetic and then storytelling and and, you know, really formulating like a more standalone piece because I think that in the long run is kind of probably going to be better than, you know, just doing news and news and news and news. That works for some outlets like Complex and stuff like that. They Music feeds as well. Yeah, yeah, music feeds. Yeah, music feeds. That's their, you know, news is their crux. Yeah. You know, but like someone coming up, it's going to be very hard for them to compete with a Complex or a music feeds, you know. So like what, what we've done is, yeah, we've really emphasized the fact that we, we're trying to, break new acts we're trying to find acts that people don't know about and we're really trying to tell their story like eloquently instead of just kind of churning stuff out yeah. so I find that like a, a lot more motivating you know what I mean like just kind of just being in that race of, of news and clickbait and bullshit it's just like yeah it's, it's yes, not good for yeah. your soul if you really do love storytelling no, and stuff exactly. like that yeah, yeah but it works for some people so <clears throat> not for me really let's just because we're on filter now what is filter like what's your role there what is going on yeah there? <clears throat> excuse me um so filter we just started in february of this year um i guess yeah i quit my old job and then and then it was just kind of like we had so many friends and i had myself and chris lutfi who who's my partner we had so many friends who were doing amazing things and music projects art projects photography projects just like just like everything but they really had nowhere to kind of promote their work <laughs> um and we saw that as a massive problem especially as we're not really exclusively hip-hop but i guess we're mainly hip-hop um especially as hip-hop was blowing up you know you can probably count on one hand the amount of outlets media outlets in australia that, that are going to cover hip-hop properly um and you know half of them don't really do like long-form stuff really they're just more just like they focus on american stuff or yeah. whatever which again there's no problem with that but we we just like wanted somewhere where our friends could like promote their work um you know, you obviously have Purple Sneakers and, and Parlor Rats, who, who are two really good ones who who do really take the time to, you know, um, really foster really, like, engaging pieces and stuff like that. Shout out to Hayden. Hayden from... from Hayden pa Davies, yeah. Yeah, Hayden from Parlor Rats. He's crazy with it, you, you know, and, 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 you know, Purple Sneakers too, that they've been long supporters of the local scene and stuff like that. And I guess we just wanted to kind of, like, do that as well, but um, maybe just find a, a big aim of our our project was to kind of find acts that people hadn't heard about before. So, you know, our yeah. first piece was on 1-4 and that was the first ever interview that 1-4 ever did, you know? So, and, and in, at that point, they weren't really as big as they are now, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? They had just, they were just filming the video for Shanks and Shivs, you know, and, and obviously like the message was the one that blew them up yeah. internationally. But, but back then when Shanks and Shivs was out, you know, they were still getting like, you know, a lot of plays, you know, like yeah. they, they weren't was, small, yeah. but like, you know what I mean? They definitely weren't what, what they are now. So, so we had to go to, you know, we were kind of like pulling strings here and there to, to, to try and get them an interview because they never done one before and they obviously aren't like, you know, media trained or anything. No. But, you know, we went out there, you know, we, we took some photos, we had a chat and, you know, we fostered a relationship from there. So, you know, yeah, like a big goal for Filter was to kind of like um, to discover new acts and also to kind of build, build a kind of community where, you, you know, like emerging artists can really like trust that their story is going to be told exactly. and we aren't going to be pulling any funny shit on them. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, we're just here to be a vehicle for their story essentially yeah. and yeah. like even even us at purple sneakers or pirates we still 
we're still struggling to find a direct niche in terms of storytelling and stuff because writing long form shit is hard and it's mm. and not every like not every contributor or sub-editor at these blogs want to yeah. go out to an artist sit down for them for two and a half hours have an actual conversation with them so there's still definitely that gap in the market even though that yeah. there are these sick blogs that are trying yeah I mean for a while I feel like it just got so heavily into clickbait and, and like just stupid shit like that and like listicles and stuff which I've done heaps of you know like <laughs> no hate on listicles but yeah. I feel like it, it got so deep into clickbait for a while that like people kind of got sick of it and they, and they, they want to go back to you know actual pieces and stuff like that if you look at that site I don't, I don't know how to pronounce like the laneway you know LM yeah, 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 yeah. yeah so they, they were kind of one who, who you know very much championed that they were like you know we were rejecting this kind of clickbait shit and we're going to go back to long form kind of storytelling and stuff like that which is mad you know yeah. Like, like yeah so shout out to them as well but um, wait what was the question again uh, oh the, about, about the subject yeah yeah I mean, I mean it's just it's just a very timely thing yeah which I guess is why a lot of outlets are going now going towards you know video content you know video content is is um it still takes ages to edit and stuff but you know audiences nowadays and I'm starting to sound old but like audiences now like they're finding a lot harder to read like you know like 2,000 word articles yeah. yeah I mean like I wrote a 2,000 word not even 2,500 word essay on Devil in a New Dress by Kanye West you know but like <laughs> That's like, you know, a lot of people are just going to be like, what? Like, no, yeah. I'm not going to read that. But like, you know, they'll much rather sit through like a 15 minute video, like, yeah. because it takes less like concentration and stuff, I guess. So, um, yeah, that's something that we're super conscious of at Filter as well. You know, like we're, we're trying to do more video and, and you know, Chris is, you know, a, a photographer by trade. So it's very much about tying, you know, words and, and imagery and video together like that. That is another like kind of like big focus for us. Yeah. yeah. Long form is just so... You're right, because I feel like journalists get in their head in terms of, are we writing for the fans of the artists or are we writing for other journalists? And I feel like I get in that mm. trap as well sometimes. Mm. I'm like, I'm going to write this epic... Like, even the piece I did for Triple One, yeah. it was like, am I writing this for their fans? Because in that format, yeah. it's obviously not the easiest thing to read and yeah, yeah, sit yeah. down and consume. So yeah. I feel like that journalism bubble yeah. is sort of... Especially yeah. how clicky journalism now, is in Sydney. As well. Yeah, I, I get it, but I don't really have that problem because I don't really like any other journalism. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, you know what I mean? I'm going to be honest. Yeah. Like, I, didn't, I didn't do journalism at uni. Like, you, you know, like I, I started journalism because I hated my uni degree and then I just somehow landed a job in that. But yeah, like the, the amount of journalists who actually take the time to, to do stuff and speak on hip hop properly is like very small, which is why mm. I... Not, not that I'm being like pretentious or anything. I, I just don't do have any uh, that yeah. many other friends that are journalists yeah. you, know, you know what i mean like and i and i just feel like especially since hip hop's blown up like a lot of them are a lot of them are actually fucking um detrimental to like what's happening right now because yeah. a lot of them are trying to split up like scenes and, and and cause divides like i see a lot of journalists who are reporting on hip hop they were talking about you know the new wave of australian hip hop you know Manu crooks kwami like rah, 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 who are both fucking great artists yeah. mind you but they're putting them now against hip hop artists from the past. So they're like, exactly, yeah. they're like, yeah, he'll talk, you know, like Manu Crooks and Kwame are so exciting, which they are. Yeah. Oh, but like, you know, they're the complete opposite of like Hilltop Hoods and, yeah. and fucking Bliss and so on. It's yeah. like, why even cause that divide? Yeah, like why even no cause that generational divide? Why? Because you're thinking in clicks. You're not thinking yeah. in actually telling someone's story or helping them. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's it's always easier to get headlines through negativity than positivity. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, I don't want to sound like a positive preacher fucking whatever, but it's like, 
why even do that? You know what I mean? Like, if you can't sit back and look at what Hilltop Hoods have done, you, yeah, they're not everyone's yeah. cup of tea. And yeah, like nowadays, you know, someone who listens to Mighty Crooks might not yeah. appreciate what Hilltop Hoods have done. But if you look at what they've done, then then you'll know what they've done. Exactly. You know what I mean? So, you know, from, from Golden Era Records to, you know, bringing up Sky High and, and TK Major on stage and in their videos and stuff like that, the amount they've done to like yeah. foster what's happening now, if you don't know that, then you yeah. shouldn't be speaking on that stuff. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, and, exactly. and it just really shits me when people try and talk about hip hop, but especially when they're talking slanderously towards something that, that they have no idea about. Exactly. That's what kind of pisses me off. And that's kind of why like, I don't have that many friends that are like, and I've never really considered myself a full German, journalist. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I've done a few pieces which could have, you know, like in The Guardian or whatever. Yeah. But for the most part, I'm just here to like tell someone else's story. I don't want to fucking get in there and, and you know, try and cause drama yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Like, it's literally just about like supporting someone else's vision and supporting someone else's career. That's, yeah. that's, all, that's, that's what a journalist is to Meant me. To Obviously yeah. not for some other people. Or whatever. Just tell a story. And I hate, like, it's never, ever any of the younger artists that are saying... Or fuck the old generation of it. Like it's never the artist. Yeah. It's always the like the conclusion of a listen piece for a new echo. That's like, oh, it's nice to see a changing guard. Yeah, it's like yeah, yeah. To- that tone is so yeah. Off. Like, like, like I get it. Like there is definitely you know a new wave happening now. I, I get it. You yeah. know what I mean. And there's definitely more you know you know coloured artists coming up now. And not that there wasn't before because you know How and Briggs and stuff like that have been around forever, but. That's definitely more, you know, it's definitely more racially diverse, I would say. And, and, and the sounds that are coming out now are definitely more global yeah. um, compared, compared to what was happening before. But I mean, those, those things have always been there. It's now that they're being pushed to the forefront for whatever reason. I'm not, yeah. I'm not sure why, but those sounds are now coming to the forefront. You yeah. know what I mean? And, and I don't think it's correct to say like, you know, oh, all that shit before, you know, 20... 15 was whack and it's, yeah. it's just like no like, you, can't, <laughs> you know what I mean like yeah. it, it just doesn't make sense to me you know still some of my favourite Australian records hip hop hip hop records yeah a lot of them have come out in the past few years you, you know what I mean like but a lot of them were from before like you know like me and the Triple One Boys we all grew up on you know like Elephant Track stuff so mm-hmm. like it was a horror show and you know The Herd and then obviously later Elephant Tracks you know they signed Sky High and they signed BYs so it, yeah, I, I don't know, like, 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 I can see why they're doing it, but I don't agree with why they're doing it. And there definitely is a new wave, but I don't think the new wave should be defined by how much you hate how, the old yeah, wave. Yeah, how different they are. Yeah, how different you are from the old wave. Because it's, it's yeah. like, you know, someone like Shadow, he's definitely, you know, probably one of the best MCs coming up right now. Like, he's been around for a while, but, you know, he's probably one of, like, the people that you would consider, like, the new wave of generation. And he's signed a Golden Era Records. Yeah. You know what I mean? So he's just well. So, so you know what I mean? It's, it's like... There's no reason why generations and sounds and, and different types of artists can't blend together. And I think, I guess that's something that Triple One are really, really good at as well. You know, when we look at people we collaborate with and people we put on shows, we don't look at it being like, oh no, like, you know, our audience might not get this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we just yeah. put on whoever, whoever, whoever we yeah. like, you know yeah, what exactly. I mean? Like, like one day we'll do a song with Raj Mahal, who's definitely like a new sounding artist. You know, he's like crazy demonic trap production yeah. and he's definitely new gen. And then the same show, same tour, we'll bring out Smash Brothers, you know, yeah. on stage and they're going to do, you know, you know, they've been doing grime for over fucking 10 years in Australia. So there's no generational thing. Like there's no generational divide. Who, whatever journalists are fucking pushing this yeah. divide, you know, just stop. Yeah. It's stupid. 
you know like everything that we do is about you know connecting building the scene and that yeah. we, we don't need like any of that bullshit and think about infrastructure as well without hilltop Hood selling out arena tours there's no room yeah. for an underground rap culture in sydney without it being like in terms of like representation on yeah. the record labels and yeah like people understand that culture isn't doesn't happen overnight yeah you need these groundbreaking artists to break through exactly exactly Hilltop Hoods, you know, they're doing, you know, 15 to 20,000 yeah. still, which is crazy to me. Like, that's, like, kudos to them because that's, yeah. like, you know, they've been around for so long and they're still doing arenas here. How big of an opportunity is that for someone like Shadow to exactly, get up there? Yeah. Not only not only to play, but, you know, to be on the posters and, you know, he's going to be exposed to such a bigger fan base. You know, he earned his stripes as a grime artist, but now that he's stepping on tour with the Hoods, it's, like, a lot more people are going to be exposed, you know, because Hoods especially is an act that, you know, they don't have a fan base strictly in hip hop. They have just have yeah, a exactly. huge fan base of people that are into into everything. You know what I mean? So, so for them to be putting on someone like Shadow is is a huge move. And you know, if if you're still sitting there saying you know fuck Hilltop Hoods, you know they're like old school whack Aussie <laughs> hip hop. It's like shut up. Like What's you know a- what I mean? They're putting on, yeah. you know, the, you know they're, they're they're giving Shadow a really fucking amazing opportunity yeah. right now. And I, and I haven't been in the shows, but I I trust that Shadow's gonna smash it because he smashes every live show he does. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Just spinning negative shit is just the word, like, because no artist, no, is ever going to talk shit about the generational stuff or even, like, consider it yeah. anyway. Like, everyone shows love. Even, like, the chilling it with um, Freedom said, like, yeah. he's put it out in his market, like, hilltop yeah. vibes on this one. And yeah, so, like, yeah, big yeah. Big shout yeah. outs and, like, that's yeah. sick and small shit like that as well. It's going to Yeah. It's awesome. And props to chilling it for, like, doing that video because the video was crazy. Um... But yeah, you know, like I met Chill a couple of times and we've hung out on tour or whatever. And it's like him as well, like he's his whole intake of music is very diverse. You know, he does like acoustic songs, you know, he does trap tracks. He he does whatever. So like I don't see why he should have to like stick to one sound or anything. You know what I mean? Like he he I guess he would get lumped into that, you know, underground movement because he was on Hustle Hard and because he was on Body Bag and stuff like that. You know, there's no reason why he can't go out and do a track that sounds like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it, yeah, it might alienate some of his fan base, but like at the end of the day, if that's what he likes and that's what he wants to make, then so be it. Same with Triple One. You know, yeah. like we last single was Bad Boy, and that was like fucking. I don't even know what that was. It was just stupid. Yeah. And then like Butter was a pop single, and then you know, I almost feel like, especially with Triple One, we have like almost like two careers. We have like you know, the the one that kind of got us to where we are now, which was definitely kind of more like underground. It was. It was a lot more moody, atmospheric, and, and I guess darker, mm-hmm. for lack of a better word. And then we have songs that are on Triple J. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, you just make whatever you want. Like, exactly. And people, it, yeah. Yeah, you, you, don't, you don't have to stick to one sound. You don't have to stick to one, like, generation or one click or yeah. one movement, you know? Like, that's it. Like, right. everyone's, everyone's obviously got their own inner circle or whatever, but, you know, like... No, you know, no one network for example in Brisbane we work with them and then we were Bodega Collective we work with them and then you know like Smash Brothers so whatever it's just like whoever you vibe with on a personal and musical level you just work with it's like who cares like, yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. good just yeah. be honest people don't oh, like push that message so much on here but being true and being honest is so important especially travelling through a creative industry yeah where there's so much fickle shit and you can yeah. see straight through it and yeah. longevity comes in honesty so if you're doing something whether you're a journalist or an mm. artist mm. if you're able to be honest in whatever you're putting out then that's yeah. where the longevity is going to be yeah I, I saw like a uh, Forte so shout out to Forte he was one of the first Australian rappers I met he's a Mac hunt 
Um, and he has his own interview series called Fortnightly Report yeah. as well. Um, no, but so he was doing one of those Ask Me Anything things on Instagram. And, and, and someone asked him, do you think there's less than five real rappers in Australia? And, and he replied and, sa- and said something, I'm not exactly quoting obviously, but like yeah. he said something along the lines of, you know, if you're a real rapper, you're being real to your truth. So yeah. that doesn't, being real doesn't mean being a street guy who's been in jail and who's done crimes. Yeah. That might be real for some rappers, but if you're a nerd or you're just like a regular guy and you, and you portray that and, and, and that's what you communicate, then you're also being real. Exactly you, are, yeah. you know, being real doesn't mean you're the hardest cunt. Being yeah. real just means you're real to, you know, to, to what your truth yeah. is. You know, like I'm just a regular guy. I'm not going to go out there and be like, oh, I've done <laughs> this and done that. Because I haven't, yeah. you know, I'm just a regular dude who loves music. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so so being real, especially in the rap scene, I feel like people might do things to kind of portray themselves in a certain way or rah, 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 but, yeah. but being real is just, just making the music that you want to make, you know, and, and, and doing the things that you want to do. It, it doesn't necessarily mean exactly one. No one can define that for you. Yeah. Yeah. And like I spoke about it just before as well. It's like hip hop is... Uh, like a mutual connection over a struggle yeah. and like whatever that struggle is it's always going to come from a place of honesty and that's why hip-hop is so empowering and so strong yeah in that sense because of that yeah yeah i mean i mean hip-hop was always born from struggle but i, I guess it's grown to such a big place where there's room for all different types of hip-hop yeah. you, you, you know like for example like triple one is i consider well they're not exclusively hip-hop but they they discuss things like you know obviously struggles with mental health yeah. or, or, or substance abuse and, and stuff like that Whereas, you know, like, like, like Nuki or Kobe D, you know, they're, they're talking about the struggles of, of you know, um, Indigenous Australia and, you know, and societal and political things like that. So, you know, it's, it's different for everyone. Everyone's definition of, 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 you know, that is different and there's room for all of it. So, um, fuck, we just went. I was trying to keep it as linear as possible, but fuck it. So, <laughs> triple One, obviously managing Triple One. Yeah. You never managed anyone before that? No. Nah. So what, what did you, how did you link with them and how did you meet them and think, if I'm going to manage someone, it's these boys or like to take yeah. that leap because it's obviously not the easiest leap to yeah. do. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so fuck, a couple of years ago now, it must have been like, it must have been three or so years ago. I was at um, One Day Sundays. So like for anyone who doesn't know, One Day Sundays, I guess was the pivotal hip hop party in Sydney for a long time, for a couple of years, you know, I think it was the first or the last Sunday of every month, you know, it's just a great party. I mean, they don't have them in Sydney anymore because fucking it's so hard to throw any party in Sydney, but they have them in Perth and they have, I went to one in Melbourne not that long ago and stuff like that. So I guess that was a really important party for for a couple of reasons. First of all, it was just like a good time. Second of all, I I feel like one day when one of the crews really pushing um, that bridge between, you know, Aussie hip hop, you know, quotation marks and, yeah. and club hip hop. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like those audiences were quite separate for a long time. And then, you know, you would go to one day Sundays and you'd hear Hermitude back to back with, you know, Future, back to back with, you know, Joyride, back to back with Gucci Mane. You, you know, like, yeah. so, so they were really pushing, you know, the fact that it, it's just, if it's good music, it's good music, you know. Um, there's no, again, the borders thing, there's no geographical borders to this shit you know if it's good music it's good music so that that was really important and the third reason i think it was really important was because it was it was a really good place to meet people so i met like a lot of my friends at at one day sundays you know um one of the first things i did like was because i met in journalism like in in hip-hop locally as well was with jackie and asses and joyride so shout out to them because they they've been kind of showing me love for a long time now um 
but the one one that I noticed must have been three years ago. Um, yeah, I, I was with I was I ran into a friend and then and then she, she was like, hey hey come here I want you to meet someone and kind of like oh fuck really <laughs> all right like oh you know I'm just trying to have fun and don't really want to yeah. meet anyone. <laughs> But then, then it takes me over and it's like fucking this like huge Asian dude, you know, MX98, it's like whatever, rah, rah, rah. and he's like, oh, this is Marty, you know, you know, he does rap music too, like, you you know, you should check him out, you should interview him, rah, rah. and I'm kind of like, yeah, well, you know, whatever, like, I'm not here to work, you know, I'm just yeah. having fun. <laughs> but everything's work, yeah, you know, so worked. yeah, shook his hand and, 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 you know, had a brief conversation and then didn't really think much of it. And then, you know, a couple of weeks later, I was just on YouTube and then um, I was just, you know, scrolling and then oh, this fucking song came up triple one doozy i was like fuck it's got a you know, fair amount of views you yeah. know so clicked on it and i was like yeah this is this is pretty unique for australia i, I guess at that time you still had like suicide boys and that sort of stuff yeah. coming up so obviously that that was a huge reference point for them um yeah and i was like fuck that that was the guy that i met yeah, you know what him. you know whatever and then i think from there i think marty kind of like i think we just started speaking on facebook and stuff like that and then a couple of weeks or maybe like a couple of months, I don't know the timeline, but like yeah. a, a bit after that, he hit me up on Facebook chat and was like, Messenger. Hey, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Facebook Messenger, Facebook Messenger. And he hit me up and he sent me a Dropbox link. And he said, hey man, um, yeah, this is this is um, Triple One's new EP. I, I, I don't know what you're going to think of it because it's pretty like, you know, it's not straight hip hop. It's kind of a bit like emo slash indie, you know, alternative, whatever. And I'm like, that's cool. You know, like, because I grew up when I was, for, for like all my whole childhood and teenage, I was like into metal and hardcore. You know, and punk. Mm. So, yeah, he sent me the, <laughs> yeah, so he sent me the Dropbox, and I was like, literally, like, fucking blown away. Like, is this Libertine? Or Li- yeah, the Libertine. EP? It was the Libertine EP, so yeah. it was the first one. Um, and every track on there was crazy. Like, yeah. it was on a level of songwriting and and stuff that I hadn't heard from Australia, at least. Lakes in particular was crazy yeah. for me, and that's kind of like the cult triple one track. Yeah, so like. I heard Lakes like kind of like a bit before it dropped, and I was like, "Man, this is, this is actually insane! Yeah. Like, this is crazy." So I kept tabs on them. You know, at that point, I was still a full-time journalist, so I wasn't We're really thinking yeah. about it. I wasn't thinking about it in that way. But then, after that, like, then I premiered Overflow, which was another one of the big singles. I think that was the top end of 2017. I premiered Overflow, and then I guess from then, me and Marty were just chatting here and there, and then, and then I guess it was just kind of like. They were starting to pick up a little bit of steam with like Snakebite Betty and stuff like that, which is a, which is a bit after that. And then I guess by that point, my I just didn't really want to be a full time journalist anymore. I, just, yeah. I was just kind of like losing my love for it a little bit. So I saw them picking up heat, and I was like, "Hey, do you guys have you know?" At that point, you know, it's hard to imagine now, but at that point, they had no backing from like anyone, you know, because people didn't get it, you know, yeah. like that they were like so they had they had the most plays out of anyone in Australia. Obviously, if you don't count like. Hilltop Hoods Fundamentals and, yeah. and acts like that. But out of hip hop acts, they had so many listeners on Spotify, but they were all coming from the US and all coming from the UK yeah. and, and Europe. So like no one in the industry was backing them because you know, they were still playing shows. Like I, I went to their shows, their early shows that, you know, Good God, yeah. they, they did a show at Cliff Dive and you know, there was maybe like 20 people there, you know? And I was like, why the fuck aren't the people latching? Yeah, yeah, obviously, because it's just like, because no one backed them except for, you know, like a very small handful of people like how? No, shout out to how he's been playing their stuff on, on yeah. the Triple J Hip Hop show for years. But besides that, not really. So I was kind of like, there's something missing here. In my head, I was like, you know, these guys, their songwriting and their live show is crazy. They have hundreds of thousands of listeners, but they're all coming from overseas. How do we connect that to a live show? Yeah. And, and, and how do we make them, you know, 
Australia's most essential live act yeah. because everyone knows that's that's how you make your money in, yeah. <laughs> as a musician you know merch and live shows so I hit up Marty I never met any of the other guys at this point I probably seen them here and there but we never had a conversation or whatever and then um yeah we just all went out for milkshakes one day like all five of us and we sat down and I said to the guys you know I'm not gonna fucking promise you anything I'm I've literally never done this before I'm yeah. telling you I've never done this before but you know like I worked in music for a long time and, and, and you know like you, you should just let me help you out you yeah. know like I'll, I'll help out where I can you know don't worry about money or no bullshit like that you know obviously this is a trial run for me as well yeah. like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing almost a bit of a passion project too yeah no literally because I, I think in journalism like what I was talking about before you have to be passionate about the acts that you're talking about and mm. Triple One was one that you know I did interviews with them I did premieres and stuff and I was like I guess it's like a natural progression to kind of like then say hey like you know I've supported you for this long let me support you in but in a different role yeah you know so so we got started the first few months was kind of like very casual you know I was just doing what I could here and there and then when Valentine Kid came out, that would have been top end of 2018, I think. You know, that's when we started getting on the radio and that's when shit started picking up. And I said, hey, like, let's, let's actually do this. Lock this down, yeah. Yeah, and then I guess the rest is history. We've just been trying to, trying to do that. But, you know, I guess my main goal was for everyone to see that, like, you know, there's, there's no one, in my opinion, that does songwriting and production like Triple One. And I don't think there is anyone that has a better live show. That's my opinion, you know. Like, like, like Milan Ring and Chillin' It and stuff like that and 1-4, they're crazy live acts. I think Triple One is, you know, one of the best yeah, I, I live acts like, in the country. I credit that to the different moods that they tap into. Mm. Whereas it's not a, it's not like, like Autumn Collection was an encore, like, and that shit was yeah. completely different to what Doozy or Show Off would do. Yeah, yeah. And being able to exactly. give and take and pull and... Yeah, makes that show so dynamic and so awesome. Yeah, and and that also lends itself to what who comes to our shows. You know, like you go to a Triple One show, you'll literally find every single type of person there. You know, there's like there's like older hip hop guys, and then there's younger hip hop fans, and then there's like goths, you know, emos, punks, like alternative guys, and that just makes for like a really like amazing like atmosphere at the shows. Yeah. You know, like when we went, to, when we went when we went to the UK, it was like everyone there was just like a goth. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and it, and it was and it was mad. But you know, like in Australia at least, we have like you know like a hugely like diverse crowd, and and it, and it's like a, I don't think you can really find it with any other acts in Australia a crowd that diverse. Yeah. You know, like before we come on, we play. You know, the DJ will usually spin like, you know, 1-4 back-to-back with Rage Against the Machine, yeah. back-to-back with Slayer, you know? Yeah. Like, it just makes no sense, yeah. but it does. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it's all about, you know, keeping keeping it mixed and we like to do that in our music and our live shows and everything as well. And like, Triple yeah. One are bridging the gap between Triple J and Sydney Rap. That, yeah. That circle really, like, better than almost anyone. So you've got yeah. the Triple J audience. Like, yeah. At Listen Out or at... Yeah, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. But it yeah. falls. But at the same time, like Marikou Bolo, where there's like exactly hardcore Aussie hip hop heads. Who are like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, you can definitely tell because you know when we play a Falls Festival or we play a Listen Out, it's definitely you know Butter, Show Off, and Talo, which yeah. get the hugest reactions. <laughs> yeah. And then we play a headline show, and then you know Overflow and Autumn Collection will be the biggest tracks. Yeah. yeah so I think it's, so. I think it's good just to have different audiences and different streams yeah. and stuff like that. But you know, Triple J, yeah, props to them because they definitely. You know, you know how obviously I said before how has been you know like I guess he's been a big influence on me like personally as like a as like a journalist I guess he's a journalist Men- as well yeah yeah yeah, yeah 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 mentor type Someone dude yeah but it's like you know like him doing and Shantan so shout out to Shantan and Ebony as well doing bars of steel and stuff yeah. like that now and then 
you know, obviously all the underground ciphers and all the grime ciphers that Howe had on Triple J, which was like craziest, yeah. like, you know, Alex Jones back to back with Fracture, back to back with yeah. Wombat, back to back with Shadow, back to back with Nerve, you know, just like all that stuff was, it's definitely helping to bridge, you, yeah, know, you, you, know, you, you know, the gap. And, and some purists from the underground or fucking whatever might be like, oh no, that's like whack. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's just like, you know, like it's a platform, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And, and Triple J, I think that, they're doing really good things right now, like with with all the stuff they're doing. Changed, I think they've changed so much in the past two years in yeah. terms of their appreciation for hip hop and how to handle hip hop and yeah, how to promote rap. Because it's getting too hard to deny. It's yeah. it's the biggest genre in the world. You know, it, it is like official as of officially of like, you know, like fucking two years ago, or one yeah. year ago. I think it was like that. You know, hip hop surpassed rock as the biggest genre in the United States. Yeah. And obviously, us being so indebted to the states, it's like that. I think people are feeling that trickle yeah. down and that gap is closing and you know shout out to you know like you know you have guys like you know Manu and and Kid Leroy and stuff like that they're definitely showing that you know Australian artists doesn't have to sound like what you think it sounds yeah. like you know like there's still like a lot of people who are like you know as soon as they hear oh Australian hip-hop they're like oh no I don't want it yeah but it's like do you get that like yeah. it's almost frustrating at this point because it's like Sampa the Great you know yeah, is she she I'm not sure where she's originally from, but she was based in Melbourne and, and alongside, you know, Remy and, and that sort of movement. Yeah. And, you know, I would never in a million years say that they're Aussie hip hop. You know yeah. what I mean? I just I just wouldn't put that term on them, yeah. you know, but they're definitely based in Australia and they, yeah. they make hip hop. Yeah. But it's not what people think it is, yeah. you know. And, you know, shout out to, you know, yeah, like Remy, Sampa, you know, that's that's obviously, you know, like one sound. Yeah. yeah. And, then, and then you have like, you know, Manu and Leroy doing Rolling Loud in the US and then, you know, obviously like us and Chilena and we're doing yeah. that thing. So it's like, yeah, there's a lot of flavors in here and it's, I don't think it's so confined and that's why Triple J's kind of like taken a, taken a pro, more proactive step, I guess, in like championing hip hop and stuff like I that. I feel like a couple of years ago, it's or maybe like halfway through last year, I had people come up and be like, oh, I like Triple One. Or like, I don't listen to Australian hip hop, but I'll listen to Triple One. Yeah. But I'll listen to Chilin' It. But yeah. then people were just like, so associated, like, that term Oz hip hop has changed so yeah, much in the past yeah. six months. I think. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, no but, one, people aren't ashamed to say that they like yeah. Aussie hip hop anymore because of how good it is. And yeah, but how it's ingrained it is. Yeah, but it's like also like chilling it. You know, got on stage with Fundamentals. You know, yeah. like we used to share a studio with Horror Show. You know, yeah. like it's all love. Like you know, there's exactly. no yeah. yeah it's, it's like it's but even like Oz hip hop, like what people consider Oz hip hop, is still mad. Yeah, like, exactly. You know, like Horror Show is like yeah. For me, like, Grayspace and, and stuff like that is some of the craziest, most, like, production-wise and storytelling-wise some of the craziest music I've ever heard from Australia. Yeah. And, like, I guess people consider a horror show, you know, quotation marks, Oz hip-hop, still fucking mad. Yeah, it is. <laughs> And, like... You know what I mean? Like, even... And all those guys have... Like, you list... Like, there are indie artists or, like, folk artists that yeah. quote horror show and all those yeah, people dude. for their quality of songwriting as some of their biggest influences. Yeah, I, th- like, I think... Um, yeah, I think... Um, Spit Syndicate, I did a little thing with them a while ago and, and they were saying, you know, horror show are the most tattooed lyrics artists in Australia. Yeah. Because their storytelling is crazy, you know? And, and the production is crazy too. So yeah, I don't horror, buy into all that all that negativity nah. behind... Yeah, you know, because, you know, like I said, some of my favorite Australian records of... A lot of them are from, you know, the past three or four years, but a lot yeah. of them are like, you know, like horror show and and even going back further than that, you know, lyrical commission and, and, and stuff like that. So like, yeah, there's room for all of it. There's no need to, yeah. For me anyway yeah no i agree <laughs> entirely um so how can we as media personalities yeah i don't want to say journalists 
help <laughs> edu- not educate, but you know what I mean? Like help yeah. keep pushing that positivity narrative. Like just using our platforms for good and just you just trying have to tell these stories as best as possible. Yes. Yeah, or, or should we take a more extreme approach of saying, nah, don't fucking do it. You know what I mean? And actually call these people out. What do you think? Take a more... People can sniff those people. Yeah. People can tell when people are being disingenuous. And, and, it, and it goes back to what I was saying before. It depends on what you believe the role to be a journalist, the role of a journalist to be. You know, for a lot of people, especially ones that work at, at bigger outlets, their job is to get clicks. Yeah. Their job is to get ad revenue. That's their role. That is why they're a journalist. Yeah. Because if they don't, they're yeah. going to get fired. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like me, from me personally, my role as a journalist has always been like I was saying before, you, you are a vehicle between the audience and the artist. You're supposed to tell their story as honestly and as truthfully as, and, and as engagingly as you can. Yeah. There's nothing more to it than that. My belief has always been like, if you do that, you're going to do, you're going to go a lot further in building an audience and, and, and building a community around you. And that's what we're trying to do with filter. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, we came out with the 1-4 story. A lot of people had no idea who the fuck 1-4 were, you know? Like, yeah. a- and we, you know, like, they had to trust us that yeah. we weren't going to go out there and be like, these guys are fuck. Uh, yeah. And, and hype it up and like, uh, nah, nah. Which is happening a lot with 1-4 right yeah. now, you know? In, in, even, yeah, even yeah. in the newspapers and stuff, you know? Like, we, we, we set out there to be like, hey, this is an, an artist who's making noise. Yeah. We've never heard anything like it in Australia. People need to know who these guys are. Yeah. That that's the line of thought. You know yeah. what I mean? It's not like, how do I make this title crazy so people want to click it? Yeah. You know, how do I No. 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 I, I I'm not about it. That one four situation is so fucked as well right now. Yeah. I mean props to one four. Um you know that uh, again, to get people to take hip hop from this country seriously yeah and and especially people who are still using that Aussie hip hop thing yeah. in a negative way or whatever like they're probably going to be the ones to do it you yeah. know like I've like, at least in my time I've never seen anything really like it or as hyped as yeah. it so yeah like hopefully you know the legality situation doesn't get in the way of what they're trying to do and you know props to 1-4 yeah, yeah they're so doing, sick yeah they're doing crazy and like I've only had dipped my toes into this like scene for like yeah. the past six months or so. Mm. So I was going to ask, like, is this the most excited you've seen the Australian public about a hip-hop act, do you think, in terms of just widespread, like... 1-4? Everyone knows, yeah, 1-4. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So the thing about 1-4 is that, like, why they're so attractive is that, like, well, one, ha- drill music hasn't really been done in this country, at least on a huge scale. I mean, Australia's always had... Not always, but for a long time we've had grime. You know, yeah. like I saw those guys before, Fracture, Smash Brothers, um, Alex Jones, and stuff like that. So we used to like, you know, we used to UK stuff. You yeah. know what I mean? And especially since the grime explosion a couple of years ago, like Stormzy and Skepta and all that shit, yeah. people are used to grime now. But drill, I think, is like it's it's related, but it's also like it's just so brazen that it's just like. Even if you don't like the music, you just have to watch a 1-4 video and be like, what the fuck yeah. is this? You know, there's a hundred cunts yeah. <laughs> in like balaclava yeah. wearing all black Under Armour outfits. And it's just like, even if you don't like the music, it's kind of like, so wow, sick. like it's, yeah. it's just so like in your face and it's just like impossible to ignore, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I feel like that's the reason why people are getting so like hyped up about it. And 
The other thing that 1-4 are really good at is they're really good at delivering instantly, instantly quotable, like, lines. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? It's they're just, good songs. The songs are great. Like, Yeah. Well, the, the thing that, not only are the songs good, they're not hook-reliant to me. Like, the message didn't have a hook. No. But there were moments in that song, you know, you know that, that peaked harder than a hook. You know, yeah. like, you know, the retaliation is a must, you know, like, that, like, um, the line about Chingy, yeah. you know, like just the lines were memorable and they were instantly quotable. And I think those dudes obviously have a, have a rep outside of music. So it's like, it just feels like, you know, genuine. And yeah. it feels like it's just like so crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So sick. Like, like my friends won't listen. Like I have friends that don't listen to any hip hop. Yeah. And they'll come up to me because like apparently I have some say or whatever. I'm like, what's going on with 1-4? It's like, bro, I yeah. don't know. But the fact that they know what 1-4 is and yeah. the two to have 1-4. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And it's like how <laughs> culturally yeah. like how yeah. just, just splitting it in half is so sick. And I haven't seen that. Yeah, no, people can't, just can't. You can't really ignore it. It's yeah. just so like, you know, and their videos, it's like, it's not like, you know, like there's a narrative to the, to the video. No. It's just like... It's just chaos. 50 yeah. dudes like on motorbikes of Balaclava. It's like, that's just cool to look at. Yeah. You know what I mean? And HP boys, like shout out to HP boys, you know, like in Melbourne too, like yeah. all that shit. So yeah, funny thing you mentioned Batuta though, like Batuta kind of big, big like gutter rap fans and and um, underground hip hop fans as well. Like we've been in Batuta a couple of times and you know, like so is Enter and stuff like that. <laughs> and obviously Cur- Cursor was on the Batuta podcast as well. Yeah. So so it, Batuta, even though it's like a satirical thing, like shout out to them for like, you know, supporting supporting yeah. the local hip hop scene yeah. where they can. I feel <laughs> like people underestimate how impactful Batuta is. In terms of like yeah. what a what a media outlet is. They're probably the biggest like even though they're satire, they're the biggest No, they are media outlet for youth in Sydney. Well also like, it's 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 like people underestimate humor as a vehicle to kind of get a message through to yeah. people, which is what I think Batuta does really well. You know, you shouldn't, like, especially Australians, you know, we love to take the piss out of ourselves or whatever. Yeah. And, and, you know, humor is such like a big thing in like, yeah, just banter, fuck, yeah. you know, whatever. Like, yeah, so I feel like people underestimate, definitely underestimate Batuta and how much that actually makes you think. Yeah. Yeah, they're smart dudes. They know what they're doing. And it's like, some of it's like super politically charged as well. Like, oh, yeah. so self-aware. And- that, that's why it's so funny. Yeah. Because they, because they do like, they're like intensely political like yeah. and 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 you know just like for them to go out there and like start doing one four and triple one articles yeah. is like ridiculous it's, it's just so hilarious sick. yeah fucking batuda yeah they're good dudes they're good shout out to batuda yeah um shit, where do I even go let's talk about a bit more logistical stuff how do you end up at a place like mtv or presenting on ftb mtv or ftb mtv yeah i think it was just just a natural so yeah, yeah but but I guess like so so the show is like we work with Core and Response, Core and Response yeah. yeah Core and Response um, the dudes there they look after you know like a couple of acts like Camouflage Rose and, and a few other acts and stuff like that um, I guess he had heard of me through one way or another like again there's not that many people that are actively working in hip hop in this country in, in a media space at least so I guess like the people had heard he had just heard me from me from around and he was like hey you want to do MTV and I was like sure like you know yeah. like who doesn't like yeah. you know what I mean like and you know MTV is one outlet that you can trust where video stuff and the production and stuff is all gonna be like sick yeah you, you know what I mean like a lot of people try and do video but because of financial restraints or whatever it's not really edited or done properly but <laughs> <laughs> no but you know you, yeah but you know, know what I mean, mean to, to actually yeah. do a program and actually have it televised and have it you know air at the right time you know it's 
it's really hard and not that many people have the money to do it but you know fortunately MTV is you know obviously a huge brand um I was lucky enough for them to have me on so shout out to MTV because um you know for them to be paying this much attention to to the local hip-hop scene is is also great like you know what I mean so so yeah like every week I just like have a little script check out what's going on write the script read it off the screen but outside of that it's more just like um you know people send me clips and 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 it's it's good for me to kind of be across everything you know what I mean like we play everything on there so it's not just like you know, I think people, when they hear the name MTV, they might be like, oh, they're going to just play some fucking commercial bullshit. Yeah. We've played Fracture on there. We've played Dime on there. We've played, you know, like 1-4. Yeah. In the early days. De- yeah, we, we've played like everything on there. You know what I mean? It's, it's not just one sound. and It's not just anything. That The goal of the show is to have an accurate snapshot of everything that's going on. And I yeah. think we've kind of done that. Or yeah. we are doing that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like, yeah, we've played everything on there. Like, you know, Kobe D, like, you know Briggs and you know Hilltops we, we've had everything yeah. big shout out Kobe D I love yeah he's crazy Kobe D is a great guy and a great boxer as well um, but funny story it was actually not funny at all but like he grew up like 30 seconds away from me so um, we're from the same suburb the same you know South Maroubra bordering Matraville that area so like you know I've always got a little soft spot for Kobe yeah. D not that I need to because he's yeah, fucking he's mad, you know. He, as well. Yeah, yeah, he's crazy, you know. I, I heard him on Right Now and, you know, Shantan, you know, who works at Triple J and, and manages him, you know, he, he kind of passed some stuff along and then, yeah, he's been going really good th- so far. Like this year, he had um This Life, that track, and then he had that Jody track which yeah. blew up on Triple J and then, you know, he, he opened for Dave. So, yeah, Kobe's having a really good year and, and he's a good he's a really good dude as well. Young guy with like a lot of talent and yeah. um and he's got a lot to say. And and he um communicates it communicates it really well through music. Really smart way. Yeah. Who else do you not I don't want to say like who else do you back or yeah. who else do you you know, su- not support but you know what I mean? Like who yeah. else do you see as like you've listened to this stuff and think, Holy shit, like we might have one here. Um, HP Boys, um, from Melbourne, definitely. Um they've released two singles. Their first single is like fucking blew up. Their se- their second mm. one is is going crazy right now engineers um so so check out hp boys they're from they're from melbourne um there's a girl called glow she opened for milan ring um earlier this year she, i don't think she has any music release yet but, but she's dope um milan ring herself mm-hmm. she's probably the best live act in the country tied with triple one obviously <laughs> <laughs> no but her live show is insane and i think her songwriting is great um kobe um yeah that that's probably the ones that are like you know i feel yeah. like i'm gonna take this shit the furthest um obviously chilling it obviously one four yeah um, other than the obvious yeah, yeah 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 um fuck yeah that'd be good for now if you don't yeah if you're still yeah you haven't heard of them then check them out because they're all good yeah let's talk about like I think you're super interesting in the way that you're a media personality but you you're your own brand like 24 karat yeah. kev is a brand yeah do you think that that's what like budding journalists media personality should be like trying to do in order for them to get their name out there do you think that's the way forward for what it means to be a journalist in 2019 i mean i don't think it's so much about having a brand as just having a voice you know what i mean like like i didn't do journalism at uni i did one subject of journalism and i hated it because when I was there, they were training me to write as if I was writing for 
a newspaper, which, yeah. you know, fair enough. That's, you know, they're not, they're not going to have a fucking course to train you on how to be a music <laughs> blogger. You know what I mean? So, but they were training me on how to be, how to be a journalist for a newspaper. So they were like, you know, um, always remain impartial when you're writing the story, you know, like be as succinct as possible, you know, do, which is stuff that you have to be a newspaper because yeah. you, you, you got to think about newspaper being a physical thing, you know, like they only have so much room for an article, you know, sometimes it's this big, you've got to be really concise about what you're saying. And, you know, obviously if it's a big outlet, they don't want to be seen as favoring anyone. So they're like, you know, remain, you know, impartial. When yeah. And I was kind of like, if I'm, if I want to do music journalism, which is actually what I want to do, fuck that. Like, you know, yeah. I'm going to literally obviously have an opinion. I'm obviously going to be opinionated and tell stupid anecdotes and, and, and stuff like that. So when I first started doing journalism, I was a fucking little smart ass. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm not going to lie. Like, I was doing dumb shit. I was just like wilding out, like taking shots at people. And, and I don't think, I'm not saying people should do that. Yeah, no. <laughs> I had to get it out of my system. Like, yeah. but what I'm saying is that, you know, have your voice, you know, like have little, tr it, it's the same as if you're making music, you know, like the same way rappers have certain punchlines or certain ad-libs that they put in every song. As a journalist, you should have like, you know, a certain style or, or maybe even a certain like, in joke type thing yeah. that you might put in each article because people read that and people read the article for you. Yeah. You know, they don't care what the fuck you're reviewing, but because yeah. you're entertaining them, they're looking for articles by you. They're not looking for what you're actually writing about. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like, this sounds really weird, but like the only TV show I really watch is My Kitchen Rules. And I fucking love My Kitchen Rules. So like in all my early articles, like I used to just like put in like little in jokes about My Kitchen Rules. Just like somehow I just yeah. like segue and slip that in there. And that became like my thing. Yeah. And then publicists would kind of come up to me and be like, oh yeah, you fucking watching My Kitchen Rules tonight, right? So it became like a thing. <laughs> yeah. And that's like obviously a stupid example, but it's like, you know, have like little quirks and, 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 little, and little stylistic differences from other writers. Develop your own personality because that's what people are going to be attracted to. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think you should go out there and force yourself to be some overinflated brand, yeah. so to speak, but definitely have a personality and find your niche, you know? Like my niche was, you know, emerging hip hop. That was my niche, Yeah. you know, like, and that's still my niche, I guess. But like when I was first starting to write, like I was doing stuff with, um, well, my first like hip hop acts I, I ever really worked with was, you know, your, your, your one day cruise and, and, and Tucker from fundamentals and stuff like that. They, those are like the first dudes I met. And then Forte, who we spoke about before I met, I met Forte. And then like, you know, I did an interview with Forte and then I started going more underground and, you know, I was doing interviews with like, you know, Husky and, and, you know, Lil Snow and dudes like that. So, so yeah, that, that became my lane and yeah. then and then people started approaching me being like, Hey, I got a new record out or whatever and then and then that was my niche and because I, I guess over the years people people could trust that I wasn't gonna make them look like a dickhead, yeah. you know, like a lot of other journalists probably would. So yeah, it's it, it's just about, you know, like um yeah, having a definitely having a voice and having a niche. That's probably the two things that I would say. And, and that eventually evolves yeah. into a brand. You, you know what I mean? Yeah, like exactly. I, I guess my brand personally was because like I was into stuff outside of music was definitely like the way I dress or whatever, like that became part of my brand. And then I started working with Nike and started working with like, you know, you know, you know cause I used to work a half sleeve. So, which for people that don't know was, was a streetwear boutique in Sydney for like a long time. So yeah, streetwear and sneakers then became my thing just because of the way I looked and whatever. And that became part of my brand. And then like, you know, obviously sneakers and hip hop that's tied together and you know, so, yeah, so it all, it's all yeah, like it's not really something that you force. It's just that, you know, you, you know, you hone your craft, hone your voice and then that becomes your brand. Yeah, I'm not telling anyone to fucking go out there and dress a certain way. No, like, no. Like, like, no, just do whatever feels right yeah. to you. That that was, that was what it was for me because yeah. like that's just how I dressed. And then people that are into hip hop like the way that I dressed. Yeah. And you know that's just a coincidence. But and your your brand yeah. could be anything. You know, like chilling. That's brand is fucking smoking weed. Yeah. You know, if you want to smoke weed, then 
then so be it. Yeah. I don't smoke weed. I don't, you know, I don't do any of that shit. So it's, but it's just like, yeah. if I wouldn't go out there and start fucking punching yeah. bongs because I'm like, oh, this would be a crazy thing to inflate my brand yeah. if I just started smoking bongs on Instagram Live. It's just not me, so I wouldn't do it. Yeah, and yeah. one thing is what you sort of touched on, build trust in the community. Yeah. Because when, as a journalist or a media personality, if you can build trust with a group of artists or a certain amount of artists, yeah, it, that goes such a long way because when they have a new single and they have a new film clip, yeah. they're going to look for media outlets or media people that yeah. are going to portray their stories best. And I think that's yeah, so yeah. important and so slept on as well. Yeah, not just artists, but like publicists as well. So like, you know, I've, I have like, you know, my favorite publicists that like, <laughs> whenever something comes out, they, you know, they definitely hit me up and they give me passes to the shows and access to the, to the artists. Like, I would argue that, you know, the publicists, promoters, and label dudes, like, they're just as important as forging. Yeah. Obviously, in the early stages of an underground artist, it's like, they don't really have that team, so you build that directly, relationship yeah. directly. But, you know, with bigger artists, especially, like, you know, festivals or, or big events, like, it's really good to forge those relationships with, with publicists, yeah. labels, and, and record people. Um, because you know, like FOMO Festival is a festival that, that that I've worked, not not directly with, but you know I've attended and then, and then we always do interviews there yeah. and 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 that's because they've known me since you know they started. Yeah. So that was like a really important relationship to build because you know then then we went then we started interviewing like you know designer and like you know like Metro Boomin and stuff like yeah. that. Like actually, it wasn't Metro Boomin. Well, it was definitely designer. Yeah. But um, yeah. So like I guess if you're a journalist, like that that trust goes a long way. And then like you know I've. I've worked, you know, like on, on copy, like as a copywriter or, or doing press releases for, you know, every every major record label. And then from there, it's kind of like building trust. And then that's how you grow kind of like your relationships and, and your money, which is also yeah. important. Like, let's not, let's not lie. Like money is important. Yeah. yeah. So and getting any paid work in that realm. Exactly. Is, yeah. It's hard. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the other thing I got to say is that like, um, I say this all the time, but I really have to stress it like a lot. Um, when you're building those relationships, whether it be with an artist or a publicist, a booker, a promoter, a label, don't forget how important it is to do that shit in real life. Yeah. Okay. So like, I see a lot of rappers or artists and they're like, man, I've been trying to get in touch. Like, this is so long. I'm not getting anywhere. Like, like what's going on? I'm like, okay, what have you done? You know, I emailed this person. I emailed that person. I DM this person. I DM that person. I'm like, I'm not even like fucking that busy comparatively to other people in the music industry because most people in music work like a lot, you know, they work a lot. I don't even work that much compared to a lot of other people and I miss emails, you know, like I fucking miss messages from my own mum, you know, like just because I forget and I'm here and I'm there and I'm doing this and I'm doing that. If you really want to fucking, you know, like build that relationship, if you want to build that relationship and and you you, want to get on that same level as as an artist or someone who works in the music industry literally just go to a show or go to a party and you know don't do it in a forced way don't be weird and don't interrupt anyone's conversations yeah. or anything but you know just say like hey like um you know you know i've seen I, i've seen you around like like here's my stuff like I, like i was wondering if i could get some advice on this or whether i can hit you up or i'll give you a call later like yeah and you know people appreciate that a lot more yeah, yeah? and like me personally like if someone emails me i don't know who the fuck that is i just see a name and i'm like all right i don't know that name like you know what I mean? Like, I've got yeah. a million other emails. Like, I'm obviously going to reply to people that I actually know and I've, yeah. I've actually met. When you put a face to the name and, and you've spoken to that person, you're like, oh, hey, yeah, that person was kind of cool. That's like how you build a relationship. And I think because everything's so digital now, people are forgetting that yeah. and they just rely solely on like DMs and stuff. And it just, 
a lot of the time that's just not how it works a lot of the time it does work you know but a lot of the time it yeah. doesn't and and people get disheartened when it doesn't and i'm like yeah you you, you just need to go to shows go to parties yeah. you know you you might feel bad if you're a recording artist and you're out clubbing and stuff but if you're out clubbing and, and you're talking to people who can actually you know you can connect with you can build with they can help yeah. you realize your vision that's work yeah you know being an artist is not just sitting in the studio for 20 hours a day and perfecting one fucking loop yeah you know what i mean like that's obviously an important part of it but going out there and meeting people that's a huge part of being an artist which people just forget and like that like going back to triple one like that's how the whole shit with triple one started yeah i was at a party and then i fucking someone introduced me to martin you know and someone was like hey here's martin like he raps and i was like cool whatever i didn't think of anything of at the time obviously but now looking back on it now that was you know, going back to what we were saying about One Day Sunday, it's yeah. being a really important hub for people that are working in hip-hop to kind of connect. Yeah. And it's a lot harder, like, being cheeky as well. Yeah. People are much happier to say no over email or DM or ignore yeah. it than in real life. Yeah. Like, if I walk up to an artist, whatever, that I've seen for a while, I'm like, oh, yeah, we should do an interview. Yeah. The likeness of them saying no in real life yeah. relative to me hitting them up on an email is so... Well, I think yeah, that just... Because of, of just, like, human interaction. Yeah, yeah. It's just, like, energy. Like, yeah. like, like if, so, if you... If you you know meet someone and you know the vibe is good and you guys like have a laugh and, and the conversation is great you're like fuck that dude was actually kind of cool i'm gonna check out today's music if you just email someone like unless you do some crazy email yeah. like crazy fucking thing with like yeah. pictures and juices like which no one does yeah you know the emails i usually go to like hi hey um here's <laughs> that fucking press release i wrote like just do you want to do this and it's kind of like well kind of not really like you didn't convince yeah. me that much you know what i mean like not that not that, you know, like they should be have to like convince you, but it's just hard to convey that, I feel, mm. over email a lot of the time, unless you're a really established artist and you're like, this person has 10 million streams and yeah. you know, which most people don't have. So yeah, for me, it's like, I mean, artists ask me all the time, ask me that question all the time. And I tell them time and time and again, you, you really got to get out of the house, get out of the studio, you know, like, I'm not saying go out there and get pierced and yeah, like, <laughs> you know, have an all nighter and then just don't record for the next five days. But it's like, you know, if, if you're not feeling like partying, you just go out to an event for one or two hours, you never know who you're going to run into. Like, yeah. honestly. And that's how all my jobs in journalism started too. Because I was like out at parties and then, um, so I used to work at Life Without Andy and Mitch from Life Without Andy used to um, just take photos at every party. He would take like, he would go like four club nights a night, you know, yeah. like crazy, like, you know, from the cross down William Street, Oxford Street. This was pre-lockout, obviously. Um, and I was just, at that time, I was just getting started in journalism and, and you know, it was, I was getting invited to parties and it was obviously I've never experienced before, so it was cool like to go to, you know, Adidas parties or Nike yeah, yeah. parties and, you know, and he would always be photographing them and then um, we built the rapport that way. Like, you know, he would take photos of me and I'd always be wearing dumb shit, so he'd be yeah. like, hey man, lucky jacket or whatever and I'd be like, oh yeah, mad cunt, whatever. Uh, we kept in touch and a couple of years later, he hit me up and said, hey, like, laugh at that any, we're going beyond photography and we're going into like um, editorial now. Like, yeah do you want to kind of like maybe like do some stuff for us? And I was like, yeah, of course. You know, and how that started was someone taking my photo at a yeah. party. You know what I mean? Like, and obviously again, you, you look back on it and you're like, at the time that was nothing. Yeah. But that's how it starts. Yeah. You know, people forget that that's how everything starts. Yeah. I'll reflect that on my own journey as well. I just used to hang out here, whatever. This is a trip and listen to triple one. Mm. Or you used to nod my head saying, bro, like love your shit, whatever. Mm. And then when, when it was like structurally put together, it's like, oh, you're going to meet them in the studio at this time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Marty opened the door and he's like, oh, fuck, not you again. Yeah. And I walked out and it's just small shit yeah. like that. And it makes such a big difference and rapport is so important. Yeah, it's especially true in places like this. Like since since the Gladi like reopened, like, like um, Patty who used to own this pub, like since he reopened it, it was very much a hangout for, you know, guys like DMAs and, and guys like the One Day Crew. 
So it was just like, you know, it, it was really important to come here and you never knew who you're going to run into. You know what I mean? All right, Billy Guns just interrupted the podcast with a lamb cutlet. Fuck with. No cutlets. Um, but yeah, places like this, like, you know, this was where I first met, you know, DMAs and, and, you know, a lot of the one day guys, you know, their office used to be upstairs where our studio is now. They used to be here. So, you know, a lot of conversations also were yeah. of mine personally too were like forged here. And, and you come here on like any Friday night. Yeah, any crazy, Friday or Saturday yeah. night, you're going to see someone who you probably have like, you know, something in common with or, or you know, a shared love of music or whatever, yeah. you know, and the, and the events they have up in Good Space as well. So Chris Lutfi, who does filter with me, he he kind of like looks after Good Space and stuff like that. When all my friends were coming up as artists, he was the one putting on shows. Yeah. And that's how I met Chris because, you know, my friends were artists. I would come to their shows and then Chris was looking after the gallery. And then me and Chris, again, that's like another example. So I'm giving you three examples of like how just like small interactions just can just flourish into like really important things. And like, I, f- I feel like people literally just don't do enough of it today. Yeah. And, and obviously it's not all their fault because Sydney's obviously a very different to when I started, you know, there was no lockouts. There was hip hop parties on like all the time, you know, halfway crooks, Monday, Sundays, you know, whatever. Obviously we don't have that now, but you know, there's still, I'm sure like there's still places that interest you that yeah, you could exactly. go out every weekend, you know? So, so artists don't spend so much time in the studio, you know, don't be so hard on yourself, go out and have some fun and shit. And that's really important. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. What do you reckon? Well, now direct it to like, say for instance, you were talking to 16 year old me that was like, fuck, I want to get involved in music. I want to write about music. Yeah. What was one mistake do you think you made that you'd wish you could like tell your former self or just a piece of advice for like a 16 year old um, that's trying to find their feet? Same sort of thing, do you think? Just getting out there, talking to people. No, nah, I've always done that. So like I never, that wouldn't be something that I would... Oh, you mean that or I did even, Or just a general piece of advice to a young person that's just trying to get involved from a journalism uh, point of view. <laughs> um, don't talk so much shit. Like yeah. I, I talked a lot of shit. I talked a lot of shit and it came back to bite me as well. Yeah. You know? So like, it's, it's obviously funny if it's just banter and like, you know, you, <laughs> if, if, if you, if you're reviewing something, you hate it, then you know, you hate it. You, you yeah. can't, you can't force yourself to like something, but at the same time, it's kind of like, yeah, just, just know how small the music industry yeah. is. <laughs> <laughs> just know how small the music industry is. And, and, and if, and if you go out there and look for drama, it's probably going to find you. Yeah. If you go out there and you look for drama and, and, and you look for trouble and you're being a little smart ass, sometimes it's going to find you. Not directly, but it's going to come back. Yeah. Don't worry about that. And closing yeah. remarks, I started this podcast, completely independent, whatever. Mm. Or what advice would you give me going forward with this platform? Uh, Other than this whole podcast, which is pretty much just a lesson to <laughs> anyone just learning. Um, I would probably say maybe just don't be afraid to go for for bigger artists like you know what I mean like again that's another thing that I feel I feel people are kind of like a bit hesitant about they feel weird about approaching people they're like oh no like they might just think I'm a weird kind or whatever but Mm. it's like nah like you just go out there and ask like literally oh that's something that I would have told myself don't be afraid to ask you know because like a lot of stuff I feel like I've missed out on I just couldn't be bothered asking or I was too scared or like you know I just thought oh you know I'm just like a fucking independent music blogger like why would that person want to but like sometimes they just want to yeah you know what I mean and um, especially if you have like an engaging like angle or an engaging, or you have a reputation as like a great interviewer or something like that, you never know who's gonna say yes. You know what I mean? Like a lot of interviews, like I did, like were just like so surprised. Like I fucking interviewed Kim Kardashian at one yeah. point. You know what I mean? And like we sent in a request as a joke. 
you know, we were we were like a small, we weren't small, but we were like a independent music blog. Like this would have been like four or five years ago on the Yeezus tour, I believe. The Yeezus tour, it was. Kim came out with Kanye. We got a press release about it and we wrote back being like, yeah, we would love to interview Kim Kardashian. Ha ha ha. We all had a laugh about it. And the next day they're like, yeah, sweet. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like, it's like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. are you kidding me right now? You're yeah. literally going to trust me interviewing Kim Kardashian. You know what I mean? Like that was, especially four years ago when I was still a fucking smart ass. Yeah. You know what I mean? Luckily I wasn't a smart ass then because you, you know, she had a lot of security. Yeah. But yeah, that's what I mean. Like, don't be afraid to ask for stuff and, and don't be afraid to shoot for bigger artists and stuff like that. Cause you know, you never know what's going to come of it. You yeah. Know? Final thing as well. You just got to neck nominate someone to come on pretty much. Oh, just call someone out. Or who do you think has a story to tell that should be told? Uh, Raj Mahal, probably. He's an interesting one because, you know, I think coming from hip-hop from Australia, everyone wants to be like, I want to be big in the States. You know, like, that's yeah. just what we've been trained to think <laughs> for whatever reason. He's an interesting one because he was in the States. He's from Boston. He came to he came to Australia, actually, because his producer lives here and now he's doing a thing in Sydney. So it's like almost like a role reversal. So that could be pretty interesting. Um, um, fuck, who else is interesting? Is anyone else interesting? <laughs> you mean in hip hop or just like? Oh, just in in, in music. In who music, do you, who do you think would have a good conversation about music? Uh, Dave Hume. I'm going to nominate Dave Hume. Oh. Yeah, he works at the Orchard. Uh, he manages a few acts and shit, but he's just got great conversation. Done. Yeah, he's a weirdo. Yeah. <laughs> Twenty-four karat Kev Parry talks. Yeah. Well, thanks, thanks for having me. On, bro. Yeah, I appreciate it. <laughs>